Hey everybody, Fro Double G here. Before we start this episode, there are a couple things I gotta say. Uh, while we were blessed to have Alpha Jackal on this episode, we also were plagued by numerous problems between a tropical storm happening, a drink being spilt on a PC, uh, power going out when we were trying to edit, and the worst one is half my audio just disappeared. I don't know what happened exactly. Uh, my computer just kind of shit its pants mid-recording. I, I thought I was good and got everything back up and running, but apparently I was wrong, and we are missing a good chunk of my audio, and there's just no way for us to recover that. Freak is going to do his editing magic and make this episode sound uh, best as possible, but we are also looking to cut as little as possible of Alpha Jackal's audio, so there will be some parts that do sound a little odd because it's lacking one person in the conversation, and we are sorry about that. You know, we are still new to this. Uh, we are terribly sorry this happened. I personally am very, very sorry that this happened. With all that being said, uh, we all still hope you really enjoy this episode. This is rival showing that they will play against adversity time and time again. Never give up, never surrender to steal a phrase of a fellow caster. But that's what they've done. And now they're in this spot to win this game in the most remarkable way possible. All Team Rival gonna dash in, looking for the left side, Phoenix. Trick's Tank once stood there. That was a level 11 versus a level 19 Giannis. Snipes out from Arkill, looking to return some damage, and in goes Ice, hitting three. Unfortunately, Variety can only keep one alive and not even for long. Put a fork in it, it's done. Rival have destroyed Dignitas here. Phoenix on the left is going to fall. They could probably end off that if they wanted to. They may even go for it. They're looking for it. Zero's the lone defenseman. Tricksake will spawn. Variety's out for 30. Kilofred out for 20. Arkel out for 30. They have lost against Dignitas this tournament, but not this time. Not in the finals. Not where it matters. Welcome. To the battleground of the gods. Welcome, challengers, to Battleground of the Gods, a Smite podcast. I am your host, Dep Nation, and joining me today we have Fro Double G. I'm not saying it. Famous Freak. I'm so glad you're not saying it this week. I'd roast you again. And Nikki Six. Uh, none of us said our names, so I'm just not going to say mine. <laughs> All right, and we have a special guest with us today. Alpha Jackal. Hey, how's it going? All right, well, let's dive right into uh, how our games were this week. Uh, Alpha, did you get to play any games? Uh, yeah, we played a set against Dignitas, and we also played a set against Mouse Sports. Congratulations on Mouse Sports, my sir. Good uh, job. Thank you very much. It was, yes, sir. It was different than what we expected it to be. Oh, really? Yeah, Having had a look at uh, Mouse Sports' games versus SK, they had three games where their dual lane played 
completely different things, and we sort of expected that trend to continue, um, especially considering they had magical damaging junglers in all three of those games, and they went away from that in the picks and bans in our set. So a little bit different than what we were expecting, but still, same result. Yeah, that's too bad, but you guys got them, though. Yeah, damn right we did. That's what matters, (laughs) bud. (laughs) Like, I'll admit, I'm an NA fan. I mean, I'm an NA boy. I like to see NA win. But whenever I see rival win, I get happy. I'm a rival fan, boy. I'm not going to lie. And, and like, just because when I first saw the logos, I was like, you know, the the 12-year-old kid inside is like, I like that logo the most. Because I literally have a Grim Grim Reaper tattoo on my arm. And it's like the same style where it's not like the serious realistic one where it's like, I don't know, it's animated kind of looking. And so I was like, yeah, these guys right here. I, I couldn't help it. It was just, I just like the Grim Reaper. So I was like, yeah, you know, you got to gotta go with the Reaper, man. It's... So since we're on games, Alpha, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. And I, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I just want to know your perspective since I have the opportunity. What do you think went wrong against Dig? If you're asking for the entire set, there were multiple things that went wrong. Um, okay. In the first game, we didn't play the composition that we drafted correctly. Um, you notice that we picked some. You notice that we picked the Capri support, which is something that's not really been seen in the SPL recently. We've been playing that in scrims, and we felt like it was an extremely strong pick. Uh, we've had great success rate with it, and that's when we play it with the sort of dive heavy style, save the person who's diving heavy, and then re-engage because they've just blown a couple ultimates to kill that person. And we didn't play it that same style, we didn't play it with that sustained keep the hunter alive style that we had done, then lost that game because of that. Game 3, um, the reason that we didn't perform well in that game, or didn't win anyway, was that our composition was drafted around taking down the Athena the second that she dashed in. It was a full commit comp onto that Athena, and we didn't play like that as well. So for both games, it wasn't playing the composition the way it should have been. And also in game three, we had the early lead. We then spent seven minutes dancing around the Gold Fury, which then brought them back into the game. Yeah, sometimes that'll do that. I've I've noticed that even in my pleb-ass gold rank games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of people who just kind of, it seems like, at least at my level of of pleb level a lot of people just like to kind of hang out around objectives and not do them i could see on the spl where they can kind of do it you know baiting things in and waiting for people and stuff like that but in my games like in general it just seems like a lot of people just kind of want to stand and stare at it until an enemy shows up and then start it. it's like well doesn't seem like a good time now but okay it's so weird i have the exact opposite like if we ever go for fire giant conquest like other than a game i played yesterday where we kind of like really were like patiently waiting for it. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Because every other game I've ever played, if we get a Fire Giant, we're going. I-, I will say, this is coming from more of a solo lane guy. So if I'm over a- at the Gold Fury, you know, things are already going down. So They better be if you're over at Gold Fury. <laughs> yeah, they should. Well, Fro, why don't you tell us about your games? Okay, so if anyone plays with me, they know I'm usually super super chill and relaxed i i don't get tilted very easily at all when people start flaming me i just mute them like i don't get toxic i don't care for that shit i got toxic last week i got a little salty i, I didn't mean to whoa whoa uh, whoa first you one, got listen you got here freak salty? I, i'm gonna get to you all right i had to play a dual lane with you my boy freak 
I don't want to talk went, about that game. I, oh, we're talking about this game. I like Aphrodite. I don't really care for paying support, so I'm like, you know, I'll just cheese it up as casual. I'll play Afro support. What I didn't realize is that my Kernanos, famous, doesn't know how to clear and would throw his Bramble Blast at the front of the uh, melee archers and not hit the minion guys, or the archer ones. Oh, oh, I was getting the archers. You were pulling the minions all kinds of fucking weird. We got a little bad at each other, and I eventually said, fuck this, and just left the lane, and it didn't go too well. Good. And as soon as you left, I started killing things. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a little salty there. But the real one I got salty in is I got a Mercury and an Assault. Um, feels bad. Oh my god, Mercury is like one of my worst gods out there. And I do not like him in Assault especially. I think I went like 0 and 10 and I was being one of them guys that's like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck this game, fuck everything. And I just got off headset and like, I gotta go guys, I can't take this. So, like, for the first time in months, I, I was raging. But then I came back later in the day and had a couple good games. It was all cool. Chilled out. What about you, Freak? I need to see the receipts on this, because I don't believe it. You don't blow up like that. Oh, I was getting mad. I was getting mad. You know, normally I just get off headset. No, this one, I was, like, right into it. I was mad. And I wasn't raging at anyone. I was just raging at mercury like i would use one ability get killed and just start flaming i couldn't help it i was just so toxic i've been so tired working so much overtime anyways enough with me raging what about you freak how are your games well first thing i want to say is fro i promise all this overtime you're working is going to be worth it next honestly i had four days off last weekend thanks to memorial day and a day of pto I played, I don't know, fucking 80, 100 games of Smite in those four days. I'll admit it. So none of them really stick out to me. I didn't really have too many interesting games. If you want me to be honest, it was just casual conquest. I've been playing carry a lot more, which is really weird because I've always said, put me in support or solo lane before you put me in carry. I've been playing a lot of carry lately and I've been enjoying it. Don't play Kern. I was doing fine. Stop aggroing minions. That makes it hard for your ADC to kill them. Kern is just cheeks now, dude. I I still think he's pretty good. I think he sucks. I mean, I qualified gold one. I mean, yeah, he's good enough for gold. He can get the gold. Proud of it, but at least I got gold (laughs) one. I mean, I guess I'll take it. I was solo queuing all ten of my qualifiers, so. Oh man, the cojones on this guy! I know the solo queue, all of them. Damn, all oh except that one I played with Willow. You solo queued ten in a row, and you got ADC every time. Uh, not every time. I played a couple solo. There was a couple jungles in there. I played a Loki jungle, one of those qualifiers, and got flamed by two of my teammates. Uh, through messages, I ended up going like twenty and two. 20 and 3, both games. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, so, Nikki, how are your games? My games were good. We played, Deb and I played most of our games together. Um, our whole crew, we just get on and we all play at the same time for, like, hours. Um, played a lot of Giannis. I'm loving him more than ever. I streamed yesterday for, like, five hours, and, um, I got some of the sickest snipes I've ever gotten with him. I was just like, yes, because, like, I have it where it records my broadcast so I can, like, 
take it on to Sony Vegas and like do some stuff with it. And I was just, like so happy. I was like downloading it this morning. I was like, these are the best snipes I've ever seen, man. This is going to be so good. Um, so that was really cool. I don't want to be that guy, but I've seen some field goals too. <laughs> man. All right. So you're, you're that dude. Uh, you're the, you were the other guy in maybe? chat. Yeah. You were. Okay. I knew you were. I did not know that was better <laughs> until like when he said that, like when he was like, yeah, it's me. I was like, oh my God. I don't even know. I was I was playing as I was watching, so I was like coming in and out. Okay, yeah, I I played with him before, and I played with him a bunch yesterday. I didn't know that was fettered. I I guess I just didn't know his name was different. Um, but yeah, I played with him. That was super fun. He's cool. I can't believe we've never played before. He's been on Xbox the entire time. So a lot of Giannis. Uh, we've been dabbling with some conquest, which is not going great. It's okay, not fantastic. I think I've I've been playing a lot of jungle because I I usually play hunter but we've been playing with Nev and she's really good at hunter and I think hunter's like ADC is just really boring right now so I've been trying to do jungle so I can like run around and do my own thing and I I usually do Fenrir but I've been kind of branching out trying to do other junglers and it's been really weird I want to kind of start trying warriors you want one that's really fun Nasha. Oh yeah, Naja is definitely fun. <laughs> like I love me some Naja too. But uh try Discordia with Doom Orb. First item. And just zoom around, dude. You literally walk up because that strife, it's hard to hit, right? So you go up and you hit him with that easy ass strife, and then unruly magic and hit him with the all and get out of lane, they're dead. See, I've been playing jungle because I wanna play junglers. That's kind of the thing. Because I like it's my least played class. So I wanna get better with junglers just in general did you hear that wolfie i want to see a discordia with doom orb first item no chance <laughs> yeah okay, i didn't say this would work at their level this works at our level <laughs> even in ranks no chance of him doing that yeah no. this, this was like, absolutely yeah. not i said you want to have fun not you want to do great <laughs> the reason for that is discordia wins lane and does well through poking her opponents down consistently which is why you usually see soul reaver rush on her it's because that just gives you that extra bit of poke. 130 power for 2,750 gold? It's nuts. That is crazy. I, I, it's I can't like remember. It's broken on certain mages. Yeah. I can't remember the last time that like Soul Reaver's been like the thing to rush. Oh, I agree. I was going to say, you also have the passive with the extra damage on it, so... Yeah, it's, it's never been the thing to rush. Like This is the first time where it can be built first item and you're okay with it. But there have been times when you've built it third or fourth item rather than fifth or sixth where it should be. Yeah, that's just crazy to me because it's just so much damage. So just when you get it, it hurts. That is a power spike. Yeah, I remember playing, I think, Merc the other day and I ran into mid lane. They had an enemy Isis. And she hit me with a spirit ball, which I think was the Soul Reaver proc and then her wind gust and I was fucking dead. I look at her build and I'm like, oh, okay, pin boots and soul reaver. Yeah, I'm, yep, uh huh, I'm dead. <laughs> Wait, was that pin boots on the 5.9 patch? Uh, yes. I kind of think everyone would go cooldown boots at this point. You'd, you'd yeah. think, especially on an Isis. I mean, just with that power alone. I guess maybe with the Isis you can trade it off, but then, I don't know, I think I'd still go cooldown boots on her. And if, I guess it depends on if you're looking for a early rotation of abilities, or if you're looking to straight up kill people with one rotation. And yeah. 
with a god like Isis, you don't really get the chance in fights to have a second rotation of abilities because you're really banking on that circle of protection to win the fight. True, true. I can and, see and that. I'll I'll admit she fucked me up on her first rotation of abilities, so it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Maybe it's because you're Mercury. I mean, oh, it, I don't like yeah. that guy. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I I know. Yeah. I'm just he's one of my worst gods out there. You want to see someone feed? Put me on Mercury. Put you in the jungle. <sighs> Well, sorry. yeah, that was my games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, all of them were with depth, honestly. Like our, like our little like Xbox group has just gotten to a point where there's always at least three of us online at any particular time. So we just group and play, and it's super great. Um, but we've been playing Conquest, so but Depp has been in Conquest with uh, Nev and the duo. So tell us about that, Depp. Yeah. Um. I mean, when someone's new to a mode, or at least a mode that they haven't played a whole lot, it's always nice to have a full team queue up, um, as they're getting comfortable with the roles and kind of what to do and rotate um, when you need to. And I'm not the best at the mode. Uh, I usually am filling in whichever role is needed, which also means I'm not the best at Whichever role I get put in at. At least you're playing, man. At least you're playing. I'm playing. I'm doing the best I can. When I have a guardian, I try to pick ones that have reasonable crowd control and survivability for keeping my team up. But our game this week didn't turn out too well. Played a couple other games outside of the group when I could. Did a raw and joust, had some cheeky snipes through the walls, beam stealing buffs, that type of deal, but nothing too monumental. You gotta you gotta love the like through the wall steals and just snipes on Ra. Ra's a fun guy. Ra's extremely fun. He needs nerfs, but he's extremely fun. Yeah, he he needs <laughs> nerfs. I love it. I love the skin, but every time he uses his heel, get your butt in here. Like, oh my god. <laughs> well, they only created like one voice line for each ability, so he's saying the same thing over and over again, and it gets a bit repetitive. It gets to the point where when it's like, because uh, I think Nev was playing Assault with him last night. I think that was her. But it's just like, or Nev, it might have been Creed. Just like every single time, I'd like, I would just say it after. So I think, get your butts in here. Get your butts in here. I, I will Fuck. say this, though. <laughs> Out of all of his abilities, I would love to be able to hear that heal, though pretty easily so it's a double-edged sword there too as well it's like yeah it gets kind of annoying but it's nice to know the heels there just with an audio cue i just hate him that and the laugh oh my god (laughs) his uh i feel like his ultimate's real quiet with that new skin (laughs) oh really that that's been a problem with ra for a long time new skins are always gonna have quieter or super loud ultimates usually the quieter ones yeah and um his uh, blind and slow hits like a truck. All right. Speaking of his blind and slow, yeah. I want to know if anyone else has had this problem. In Infinite Assault, the one where you can stack gods, yep. if you ever go against multiple Ra's, Freak hears me bitch about this every time. <laughs> I get hit with their blinds back to back, so not at the same time. My yep. screen will go white, just pure white for like five seconds. Yep, you need to be hit by three raw blinds for that to happen. It's amazing. Yeah. It's not amazing. I play <laughs> Warriors, I'm up in the front of things, and I'm like, uh, 
oh, SpongeBob meme just standing there like, what do I do? Where do I go? It's like, I don't yeah. know if I'm dead. I'm really confused. <laughs> no, like most of the time it's like, all right, I'm just going to hit my alt until this goes away. And I just spam my relics. I'm like, uh, I, I don't even know what the relics are right now. Just please. <laughs> well, I'm, I play a warrior most of the time or a guardian. So it's like I spam my relic. I pop a shell in the med if it's an infinite assault, one or the other. Or, or a sprint. Sometimes I'll not pick up med and get sprint instead or curse. So it's like, it's not really going to help me too much. I'm still just sitting in the middle of all of them blind as fuck. But yeah, that's my tangent on that. Never had a chance to bring it up. Well, we got to go. We got to go back to that. I've heard people. Oh, Achilles needs a nerf. Hachiman needs a nerf. Blah, blah, blah. God needs a nerf. But you know what you don't normally hear? You don't normally hear raw needs a nerf. What do you mean by raw needs a nerf, Alpha? I mean, I, have a look at the SPL. He's a top pick mage right now. I, you see, you see him banned consistently as well against us. He just does everything that you want from a mage. He's got good. He's got good sustain for the team. He's got good lane pressure. He's got good objective secure. He's got good team fights. There isn't a part of Ra's game where he's weak. Whilst with other mages, you want good objective secure, okay, but they're not gonna have good lane pressure, for example. Oh, you want them to have good kill potential in lane in the early game? Well, they're not going to be safe. They're going to be very difficult to kill. Well, sorry, they're going to be very easy to kill. Not going to be very difficult to peel for. Rod just doesn't have any weaknesses to him. Because his ultimate is on, what, a three-second cooldown? Two-second cooldown? I think it's like two and a half. It might, yeah. it might oh. be four. It depends if you build cooldown uh, or not. Yeah, dep- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then his heal gives you protection if he's standing in it. He's got Massive movement speed on his passive, meaning he's one of the fastest rotators to other lanes. He just does everything. He needs a nerf. So, in your professional opinion, what would be maybe a possible good start to that? Um, ultimate goes from a scaling down cooldown to 70 or 75 seconds at all ranks. You think that would be pretty good right there to just put him in line? That would put that would that would be a pretty nice nerf to him. Like, and I've we've been talking. Okay, so we have a uh, feedback Discord uh, between our sister pro players and high res. Every single pro player was saying, yeah, this is, Ra needs nerfing, and this is what we would like, and the consensus was that his passive is a bit too strong for what it is, especially when you have a look at other passives, and his ult comes up too frequently. Alright, real quick, I think you probably just blew a couple people's minds here. You mean Hi-Rez actually does listen to the pros and then takes their advice into consideration? I don't think people realize this. <laughs> uh, no, they do. They, uh... Well, we sort of posture them that this god is a problem or this god needs help. They, uh, they then come to us and say, okay, what's the deal with them? What's wrong with them? How can we change this? We give suggestions. Most of the time, they take the suggestion of the ability or the passive that we would like changed and do their own change to it. Sometimes the changes are what they are that we suggested them to be. And it's it's a good system. We felt like we have been listened to a lot. We felt like because of this, the high-level god pool in SPL play is very diverse right now. You can see that with the fact that at Masters... There were a bunch of different gods picked, even ones that would only pick like a single game, like Kali and Kakolka, for example. We just like the system. Hmm. So, do you think that Hi-Rez... I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Do you think that Hi-Rez takes what you guys say 
like with a heavier hand than like say the Reddit because I feel like they would. Yeah, that makes I would sense hope to me. So. I hope like, so. It's like if a hundred idiots are like, "Yeah, Ron needs buffs," and then like Wolfie's like, "Yeah, you guys are insane. He needs nerfs." You would think that they would listen to Wolfie. You know what I mean? Like, do you feel like they take your feedback over Reddit? I feel like they'll take both into consideration. Like, if if everyone's opinion is that Nike needs a buff, but us at the pro level say, "No, she's fine. She just needs some tweaks." They'll do very small, incremental, maybe even quality of life changes to Nike that seem like buffs, but at the high level don't really have that much of an impact. Okay. If the entire consensus from the community is, yes, this character needs a nerf, of course we're going to nerf it. But the big reason as to why they're listening to us a lot more than, say, Reddit, is that we have an open discussion with them about the benefits and drawbacks of the nerfs. And we have talked about other characters at length. I'm not sure if they're still trying to do one of the changes that we suggested, and that's all I'm going to say about this. But the open discussion that we have allows us to come to a consensus on what the nerfs and what the buffs should be, rather than typing already, this character needs a nerf, brah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, discussion versus nerf, please, you fucking idiots, probably makes a difference. Just screaming. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we've been talking I mean, if about. Hyra's uh, listened to nothing but Reddit. Loki would do ten damage on his aim strike at on everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if he listened to Reddit. Loki wouldn't be in the game, right? Oh, yeah, he would have oh, been removed years ago. I wish. Hydra's lament buff. I hope you enjoy Loki's in your game. <laughs> uh, I I'm fine with Loki's in my game because I'm a dirty fucking loki main so i know how to play against oh i've yeah. i've got diamond loki as well i'm a diamond oh yeah. oh Alpha, hell yeah our first welcome get. yes freak Woo! i, th- I think Good it's a choice, right of passage <laughs> yeah okay i so alpha we're we're kind of a spin-off podcast of a podcast called defend middle lane oh, i remember that one roughly a year ago they brought up the whole Iraffer nerf Sunder situation. I don't know if you really I'm sure you remember that. I'm not I actually don't remember that. It, he posted I'll I'll paraphrase it. He posted something uh a multiple posts on Twitter back when it was the Sunder meta. Uh basically Sunder stupid blah 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 blah. And that was the gist of it. Yeah, like how do I play tank when Sunder's so strong? But my point is he would always, you know, try and troll Hi-Rez on Twitter or in his Twitch. And I remember them saying, if you want to communicate with us, email us in the official pro email about things like that. So my question is, when did they start using a Discord? When, uh, when it became apparent that everybody was just messaging them on Discord saying, this this needs really? to change. Okay. Like, yeah, sure, a good feedback email is nice, but you don't really get the response from Hi-Rez from it. Whilst with Discord, you do, you get that open discussion. It it was just, again, one of those things which, in that feedback email, we said, yeah, we much prefer Discord, because then we don't have to open up our emails, compose the email, and then send it. We can literally just type and off, because we're already using Discord for comms, for playing ranked, playing scrims, and everything else. Okay, see, that makes sense. I was curious. I had to ask. It'd be easier getting multiple people's opinion on a subject, not just three different people emailing you different things about this one item, you know, or one god or something. It's probably easier. Someone brings it up and other people can join in and 
agree or disagree right there, easy access forum. I could see you that. You can have a real discussion. If one person's emailing off up about saying, oh yeah, Guan Yu needs a, a nerf, then that's going to be the only voice that they hear. But if 10 other people go into that conversation and say, no, he's fine the way he is, or he can actually do with a buff in this sense, then you get that discussion and get the consensus from the entire pro community, rather than one team utilizing the feedback email with the other uh, 11 not, and that one team then getting the changes that they want, because they're the only ones that are actually giving feedback. See, that it makes a lot of sense, really. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've been talking about the pros and some of the professional games here with Alpha Jackal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are in case some listeners don't follow the pro circuit um, all that closely? All right, uh, 28 minutes into the podcast, we're doing intros. Uh, <laughs> hello, my name is Alpha Jackal, and I am the uh, Coach 4 team rival. Uh, we're the number one seed in the European SPL, and I've been coach since the end of season three, beginning of season four, whichever way you want to look at it. So how about did you get into uh, becoming a coach? Was it just one of those things you got asked, or...? Uh, it's a tiny bit of a long story, but I'll try and make it as short as possible. Um, I was on a team with a few friends, uh, and the team was called uh, Shark MIA. and. The reason why we're called Chuck MAA is, again, another story completely, which I'm more than happy to do after explaining how I was a coach. Um, but we dissolved uh, because a couple of the friends were going off to university and then he wanted to spend a bit more time and a bit more focus on that. So I then said, right, what do I want to do? At that same time, EGL posted on Reddit that they were looking for some more casters uh, for their weekly tournament. So, hey, that's something that sounds fun. So I applied to be a caster, I went ahead and became one, uh, met a few people along the way as well, and I got really good at casting. I got really good at the analytical side of casting. And that's when uh, Kalas and Deathwalker, who were on, um, I think it was Men of Aeron at the time, took notice of that and asked me to join them as a coach. And I said, sure, I'll join you as a coach. And this was back when they were um, a Challenger Cup team, and... They were still good, but they just weren't able to crack into the SPL uh, about midway through Season 3. They then disbanded. I then went off to coach a couple of other teams, one in Oceana, uh, one in, on the Xbox side of things. They then started to reform. Um, they went on to create a team called Clown Fiesta, which did make the SPL um, in the fall split. They had Hazer join them. I was still coaching the Xbox team at the time. At the end of the full split, uh, Hazer obviously went off to join Obey. So, so the coaching spot was free. They saw that I was no longer tied down to uh, a coaching spot anywhere else. They then asked me to join again. I said, of course I will. And that's how I uh, became the coach of Rival. Damn. Holy shit. That's incredible. From a Challenger Cup team to World's Finals last year. That's crazy. You want to see 40 minutes of just amazingness on that story right there clown fiesta on youtube i gotta say i love that name clown fiesta <laughs> it sounds like my ranked games <laughs> oh my god sounds like most sprints we have <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> awesome that's awesome so I, I guess i got another real quick question for you for people who don't necessarily understand more of the higher level plays of not just smite and esports just in a lot of things in general 
What What is the importance of having a good coach, or just having a coach in general? Five people who are actually in the game themselves obviously can have their own viewpoint of what they think the problem was, what they think went right, what they think went wrong. Whilst the coach has that unbiased third-person perspective. They can see the entirety of the game, and they can see, well, that person's pushed up, but they've got wards because they're pushed up that far, which is why rotating and ganking them wouldn't be as effective. You rotate to relieve the pressure instead. So you just have that other opinion, you have that second voice to then come out and say, no, this is what went wrong, what went right. The players can also focus on their own game because of this. They can focus on their own game when it comes to preparing for the SPL because the coach can research and have a look up on what the other teams are doing. They can see what the picks and bans have been in their previous SPL games and come up with strategies around that. It just frees up more time for the players to focus on themselves, mainly. Okay, so they can kind of just worry about what they do as part of this machine, we'll say, like what they got to do, and then you can just kind of overall make sure everything flows, and they can just be the best at themselves. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because right, right now their players are focusing on their own mistakes, whilst I'm focusing more on what the team does as a mistake. Right. And real quick, I want to pick up on something you said there. The jungler rotating to relieve pressure. Hmm. That is a thing, people. You can do that. Just I know. Show up to a lane. Let them know you didn't forget about them. Yep. You ain't gotta Scare always em. get the kill. Just remind them that, hey, chill. Like, if, if you rotate over to a lane a couple times in three minutes, let's say, you don't have to even gank them. You just have to show up in the jungles, show, show presence, and then they're going to start paying attention to that. They're going to start playing a bit further back. They're not going to aggress as much because, well, you could be on the way at any time. If you just leave them alone for 10 minutes, they're going to play up at your tier 2 tower because they know the rotation's not coming. People do that all the time in the solo lane, and I don't understand it. It's like, fuck it, if the jungler doesn't want to come over here, this is my lane now. Like, I'll take this, I'll take your goddamn jungle. Like, if you're not going to come over here, it's mine. <laughs> I'd never understood that. Like, one or two failed ganks, and they're like, oh, let's never go over to solo lane again. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm probably going to get huge then. Thanks. What I don't understand is when a jungler leaves your lane alone, but then doesn't touch the other lanes. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's a big problem I've run into quite a bit too on my level of play. It's uh, that's that that's no good. Well, it's not good. I'm glad you bring this up, bro. Being a jungler, even if I go don't kill the solo laner, I don't care if I go over there and just do half his health, make him use a relic. That's not a big problem. So alpha. Is that how it goes with you guys? Like, Ice Ice? Is he willing to go over to Solo and gank Benji, even if it doesn't mean it's a kill? If it helps Deathwalker get pressure, helps him invade a buff even, that's a win. If you're forcing somebody to use a sprint, or you're forcing someone to use a teleport, then that's two or three minutes where they don't have that relic, and you can play a bit, you can play accordingly. If they don't have teleport, you can then look to pressure them out again in the next two, three and a half minutes force them to go back to base, and they have to walk all the way back. I mean, they do lose a wave, they lose buffs, and they start to fall behind. If they pop their sprint, you means you can start to rotate over and take fights with people in the mid lane. They don't then have that secondary sprint because every support picks up sprint, let's be real. To then counteract your slows, they can't then chase or run away as easily. They just have to be more careful about that relic usage. Did you hear that, everyone? You don't need to kill people to win games. 
I like how you worded that, where you said if they have to use like a relic, that's a win. I think that's something that a lot of people in like the lower or like I don't know, like the lower play don't understand is like little thing. It's all about the little victories. It's all about getting like mid harpies and like getting like if we get a buff ten seconds before they get a buff, like if we're ahead, if they have to back and they lose three minutes, like it's all about the little things. I just I know a lot of people like we all call them Jonathans. It's just like an inside joke of just people who play super aggressive. It's like, all right, if I don't pick up a triple kill right here, none of this is worth it. It's like, no, like you, there's just so much more to look at. Well, MOBAs and Smite too, like, but MOBAs in general, it, it's really a hundred mini victories that led to you winning the game. Exactly. Right. You win the battles to win the war. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you I, I poke this guy out, so then I got, you know, a half a wave or a wave more XP than him. But I did it three times, and then I'm a level ahead of him. And then, because of I'm a level ahead of him, now I'm clearing even faster. And then it's all, like, you know, just a bunch of mini victories, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And imagine winning every single one of those mini victories. That's how you, that's how you play Pro Smite. <laughs> now, that's not to say that there's not a point in time in some games where... This is the moment that makes or breaks it. Now, there was shit leading up to that moment, but there are times where it's like, if no, this is the time if you don't full commit, you're pretty screwed. Whether you win or lose, you know, that's kind of up to you there, but... I agree. There are those that's times. A spicy, that's a spicy topic. Alpha, do you agree with that? Do you ever feel like there's a moment in the game where you guys can just, like, this is it? Um... Not necessarily in every single game, but you do have those games where, let's say they got a Kronos and a Kali on the enemy team. There comes a point where if you don't commit to the fight and win the fight and subsequently the game off that fight, it's going to become a lot more difficult. There's no situation where it's unwinnable. You can always fight into an enemy team, you can always take the fights and win the fights, but it really does mean that there would be times where your team fight potential to win is closer to zero than you would like it to be. Right. Any game is winnable. Did you guys see that clip on Twitter this morning of Dig and Energy? Oh my lord. Oh, that one. I'll means, never surrender what is again. That, inside comms video or whatever. I'll never. I will never surrender a game ever again. Why? Why did they pull the Titans so close? Oh my god. I was blown away. I had just woken up. I was like, I can't handle this this early. Like, holy shit. He just three men ulted into his fountain. Well, they didn't even have to win there. They could have taken another Phoenix if they wanted to, and then backed off just as a safer play. Yeah. That's and they lost because of that's it. Dick's problem in a, the general sense. Uh, you saw that at Masters, and you saw it here, and I think this will be like the last time you'll probably see it because it's a pretty easy fix. Just play a bit more cautiously, but they take far too. They take a big risk when trying to win in that situation. Anytime after 30 minutes, if you get deicided trying to end, you've probably lost the game. Even if Fire Giant and Gold Fury are down and you guys got it? Yeah. I mean, just have yeah. a look, just have a look at the energy game. I mean, energy didn't have yeah, Fire Giant. Yeah. They, they literally just spawned, went down the middle lane, and took the time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, and they actually master. did that with three man, because <laughs> I remember... Uh, the Ra was dead, and Emilzi stayed to defend, too. So it was just three of them just ran up mid, and the Ravana tried to go to finish it off on the other side. Yeah. I do got another question for you. Um, What is your opinion on the PS4 Pro scene starting up? I noticed you had a Twitter post, or a tweet, I guess is what they're called, 
It was just kind of like a, they said PS4 Pro and then had like the thinky face. Just kind of wondering what were your thoughts on that. Oh, it just had a bunch of thinking emojis on it. Um, yeah, that's what it was. When the Xbox League started, uh, you saw a fair few people from the Challenger Cup level move over to the Xbox, which sort of devalued the competition in that Challenger Cup and meant the SPL players who were at the bottom were a bit more safe because they were then facing slightly weaker opposition during relegations. Obviously, that's no longer a problem with relegations because if somebody's underperforming, you can literally just swap them out for a player um, in the minor league if you wanted to. But when it comes to like this PlayStation 4 league opening up, you're going to see that same thing happen just with the Xbox and again, maybe with a couple of Challenger Cup players. Is they're going to move over to the PlayStation 4. They're going to beat up those pure PlayStation 4 players because they have more experience, they have more competitive experience, and they will just win those tournaments and then qualify for the PlayStation 4 Pro League. So is it a waste of me and Fro's time to try? Um, no, you should still try. You should always still <laughs> go ahead and... We want to. <laughs> you, sh- you should always try. You should always put yourself out there because even if you don't qualify, you will still put a marker on the tournament. You will still put your plays in their minds if you perform well enough. And that's the big thing. Bro, we we actually did register a team and we got four of the five, but we never really heard a response back from one of the one one of the people, so we don't know. Was it Dicey? No, Dicey was down. Was it Dan? Look, I wouldn't call people out, and you're out here busting balls. Yeah, it was Dan. <laughs> All right, Dan, you heard it. I'll call you out. Yeah, Dan, you're gonna hear it after. It's wasn't wasn't he gonna play Hunter for us? ADC. Yeah. All right, hey, uh, Alpha is vote. Like, can we just borrow him? <laughs> uh, don't think he has a PS4, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, oh, and plus, it. that's not allowed. They actually said that specifically in the rules I and everything. Know. Yeah. Yeah, but remember that great Spider-Man quote: "Rules are meant to be broken." <laughs> that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, but yeah. We'll change his name. Nice. Well, that was, that was just basically my thoughts on, or my question on your thoughts of the PS4 Pro. I know we were pretty excited just because Freak and I are PlayStation 4 players. Um, not sure if we told you this, and Depp and Nick are Xbox players. Uh, we actually, you know, think it's cool to get a little exposure and a little recognition. I mean, I was never one of those people that's like, oh, fucking high-res not giving it the PS4, blah, 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 you know, whatever. It is what it is, but I'm I'm just glad for PS4's sake. Maybe now we won't be thought of quite as much of a joke, but uh, play ranked on PS4 and you'll see why they say that. <clears throat> yeah, we have a little meme going around that every time you see just a terrible play, this is why PS4 doesn't get respect. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. I'm not going to be able to say that anymore. I've been saying that for a long time. Like, this is why PS4 doesn't have a pro league. I'll see someone, I'll be watching, like, an Xbox streamer, a PC streamer, do something wrong. I'll just be like, this is why PS4 doesn't have a pro league. (laughs) I can't say that no more. I'm sad. No? Why'd you? I forgot about that. I mean, Xbox has a pro league, and every time I spawn with Giannis, I ult, so... Nikki, we have one. That's the reason PS4 never had a pro league. Yeah, I play right. on Xbox Jeez. though. <laughs> that explains well. why why Xbox doesn't get paid like PC. 
absolutely, uh, absolutely. That probably has a lot more to do with just popularity in general. I know. I'm just trying to bust Nikki's balls. Leave me alone. All right. <laughs> you know, Alpha Jackal had mentioned that rules were meant to be broken, quoting Spider-Man. <laughs> and something that I'm sure all of us has have noticed being a little broken is matchmaking. And Ooh. that's getting an update. Ooh, oh, that's going to be a big transition. That's Damn. A, that's a statement. That, yeah. Thank God. Well, I remember uh, last week, Nikki mentioned that him and Nev got in a joust game with a Masters player. A Masters 1 player. And I'm in Bronze 1. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It was casual, like, I, but still, that well, should no come shit, up. it was casual. That's impossible in ranked. But I'm saying... That's still insane. Like, you cannot tell me your MMR on casual joust is, or your ELO or whatever. Like, it, we should not have been match made together. It was like a Friday night at like 8 o'clock. Yeah, like, that... prime time game hours. Yeah. And I'm I'm getting my ass carried by a fucking Masters 1 player. I mean, was the, the plus side, he was playing. on your team. He was Artemis. It was the Stardust Haze guy. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Fro. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. you saying that. Okay. He's a cool guy. And he actually pretty damn good on artemis like i w- watched some of his videos after you uh, mentioned him last week and he, he went like 21 and no pretty fun i know he's good. artemis <laughs> no i know if anybody knows i fucking know <laughs> well true <laughs> true he got carried by he him. lived it like i was Giannis, and i only picked up like two kills i was like this is insane this never happens so what i think's kind of insane is the elite cues that they're going to be doing to the matchmaking now i think that's a very interesting concept i'm glad to hear it Dude, what are you talking about? With the matchmaking, they're doing new elite queues now, where after you have, is it 50 victories in a game mode, you get put in the quote-unquote elite queues now? Uh, uh, you still have to meet other requirements as well, but yeah, that would be an elite queue. Oh, is there other ones too? Yeah, because once you have 50 wins, uh, you're put into the regular queue, I believe it is. Oh, okay, And okay. then, if you meet certain requirements, you then put into the elite queue. Alright, yeah. See, I, I didn't get a huge chance. I've been working a lot of overtime. I didn't get a huge chance to read into it. That's just the one that kind of stood out to me was the, they actually have an elite queue now. Yeah, they had a uh, Google Doc, and I looked at it the other day, but I can't seem to find it now to pull from. But I know they're doing wow, timed that, queues now. Way to be a professional host. I know. I think I'm you're trying. Fired. All right. We're going to fire this guy after this one. <laughs> you pay me? <laughs> uh, with our love. Okay. I'll take it. And hours of editing. Ten yes. hours of editing. <laughs> we pay you by not having you edit. Thank you. <laughs> That's enough for me. That is. <laughs> that is enough for me. <laughs> oh, rip us. Yeah, I just think it's cool. I know a lot of people are saying like that, you know, Hi-Rez doesn't care about shit and they're not even working on the matchmaking. I think, at the very least, it's nice that they're making an attempt to working on this. And this isn't the first one this year either, because they did, oh, I want to say like two months ago, a month ago, third shift, my time's fuzzy. Uh, they tried the a new style of matchmaking that they were going to do. But if I remember correctly, they also weren't telling people if they were getting put in the new matchmaking or if they were getting put in the old one. They just asked for responses on matchmaking. So, I don't know how that ever panned out for them. Since they're doing this, I assume it probably didn't go well. Masters mm. 1. I think, well, what they did before was they were testing out the new algorithm. 
and this would be a um just be an expansion on that algorithm. Because the other one the old one would be just okay, this is how the matchmaker is going to find matches in a specific space. Whilst now they're saying, okay, we're applying that space to everybody now. Okay, so this is actually more of a result of probably successful testing then. Most likely, yeah. So, I mean, that's a plus side. And I think a lot of people need to remember, too, that there's there's always going to be outliers. There's going to be some games that seem like shit, because they probably are, and that just happens sometimes. I think that's going to be especially true at the low and mid-level, when players don't necessarily have high enough elo to get into the games which they should be, because they're still growing their elo. So they'll be playing in a sixteen or seventeen hundred Elo game when they should be in a twenty one hundred Elo game because they just haven't played enough games to get to that sort age. And it's gonna seem like a pub stomp, it's gonna seem like they are smurfing, gonna seem like they are just not in that right game. Whilst the matchmaker so whilst the matchmaker is saying, Well no, they are in the right game because this is what uh, this is the information which I've got and this is why I've put them in this game. Right. And there's some people who just, like, right out the gate pick up the controller or get on the mouse and keyboard and immediately are good. Some people are just mechanically great. There's others that'll put hundreds of hours into it and still just suck. Or first they hop right in, or I say, I shouldn't give a long example. Someone who hops right in and just sucks. Well, they're going to match you at the same place because you both are new players. And until you get the time and the actual wins and losses behind it to get it separated, there is that too. I know that's more relevant to, like, newer players, but... I mean, like, that's how I that's how I was when I started. And, like, I mean, that's kind of really how I am still, if you've watched the stream. Like, I'm mechanically amazing at the game, but my builds, like, I'm like, I have to have full CDR on every character. I have to. That's you know what I you play. don't have to have? Is attack speed boots on Tong Wukong, but that's a different topic. Or a warlock's, or a warlock staff six item on joust. We're not. Ooh. All right, we're, we're, not, we're not roasting Nick anymore. Let's move on. Man, I don't remember I think, that one. I think Fuck. that's the worst one I've heard. Jesus. Oh man, shit! Oh, Nick, when did I do so that? Like, why you gotta call me out in front of Apple, man? Why you gotta do that? Oh, I don't even remember that. It's okay, man. My, my my biggest weakness is not recognizing my teammates and if they're low health, where they are, if their cooldowns are down. We all have our mistakes. That's why we're not pro players. It's all right. Yeah. My biggest weakness is, I guess, it's not always time to just beat up everybody. Yeah. Now, in it's my defense, I usually snipe. don't go in and, like, get myself killed. But it's a lot of times where it's like, where's my team at? And everyone's like, we left, like, a minute ago. Why are you still fighting? It's like, oh, okay, I'll leave. Yo, I'm not seeing this warlock staff joust. Get, you got receipts? Oh, dude, it was that was bite. so... He doesn't have That was receipts. so long ago. That was before we even recorded the first episode. Oh, okay. So when Warlock staff was completely different. Mm, I mean, not they completely. haven't touched it in a while. They were, and they oh, never okay. really... Well, there you go. I don't know fucking items. I'm just going to the game. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. Quit picking on the guy. He said he has problem with builds. <laughs> right. It's okay. We're going to work on it. Also, <laughs> if you want to be mechanically good with Ymir... Trust me, just play Fortnite for like an hour before you play. <laughs> I swear, dude, it happened on accident the other day. My little brother loves Fortnite because he's like 14. Makes and sense. he plays it nonstop, super competitive. So I was playing with him, and then I got on Smite, and I we got an Assault, and I got Ymir. And I was building those walls, dude. It was nuts. <laughs> oh, okay. Derp, I get it now. 
the walls. <laughs> yes. What? No, because in Fortnite, they have big, big ice people. <laughs> Fortnite's populated by ice giants. Right. Yeah. yeah I've, I've never played it. I'm sorry. I play small. Don't. <laughs> okay, Don't. so what, what happens is you have 100 people drop onto uh, Midgard, and you're just surrounded by frost giants who run at you, and you have to defend yourself as a 100-man team. Why haven't I played this? This actually sounds rather fun. You should uh, propose this for the next adventure. <laughs> I mean, it does kind of bring it out. Hey, Alpha, have, have you been talking to Hi-Rez about their next adventure? <laughs> no, but I kind of feel like I should it. just have what, right? there, like ten people, like all ten people in the game on one team defending against giant Ymirs. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Would it make... How about... Ten Thors, because he said you got to drop in on them, right? Oh yeah, that would hype. Just start right in the sky and got to land right in, fight a bunch of giant emirs. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think they're, I don't think they want to do game modes where they're limiting the god choices. Yeah. They did that at the very beginning because it was a good concept. It was a good thing to introduce the um, adventures, but now that they become more broad, more general, a bit more, um, a bit better. Than they were at the beginning, I feel. They're trying to model as many goals as possible. In my personal opinion, I'm going to have to disagree with you on them being better. Because I I loved the first Hercules, not the second one. And I really, really loved Nike's Valley of Victory. And, I don't know, all the ones... I was still cool with it. The Capture the Flag was really Oh, the Capture the Flag was amazing. That was, oh my god, I loved it so much. It was so, so fun. The absolute best adventure, in my opinion, so far. And everyone this year, to me, has just kind of been, eh. This this next one is the best one, I feel. I've heard that. Yeah. 3v3v3? And you have stealth mechanics as well in the grass. The arena gets a bit smaller as well. The stealth mechanics is what I'm really looking forward to. Okay. I was going to say, I've liked the uh, the arena ones that have the no-go zones. Hmm. The holes. They're always a bit cheese, but... Yeah, those are a lot more cheese. Like, I didn't mind the corrupted arena, but I just hated how it took so long to get the holes. And this new one, I just... I don't know. It just feels like an arena. Have you heard of the new one, Depp? It's Medusa something, right? Yeah, Medusa's Battleground. Oh, Medusa's Deathmatch, sorry. But uh, like the stealth, the stealth mechanics in the grass, I was wanting that in the actual Conquest map at the beginning of Season 5. I th- I think that is so cool to see. Like, you see it in, I think it's either Dota or League of Legends on the sidelines. Yeah, League. I was going to say League. Okay, so it's League. It's, a, it's an interesting thing to see. Because then you can have multiple different starts. You can have janky starts for the time and time again. You can have your jungler just start in the bush on solo lane, let them push up to the tower, and gank them before the buffs even spawn, to then kill them. Don't do that to me. <laughs> A Mercury 3? Hell yeah. Fuck Mercury. Right into tower, let's go. Like, I play a lot of League too, and yeah, there's like, it's really whoever just gets the lane first and gets that like, farther ahead bush, the second you walk up to your tower they can hit you. And they do. That would be cool in Smite. Uh, maybe when they do the next uh, map design at the beginning of season seven or season eight, they'll uh, they'll add that. Well, they could play with it with a new joust map. I wouldn't be mad. There's a new joust map. Well, no, I want one. But oh, <laughs> it's wishful dude, thinking. Don't do that. 
Well, they also said that these adventures through and through are always going to be ways to test new mechanics, which I think is a good thing to do. Like, hell yeah, why not just make a new game mode to test mechanics per se, basically? That's that's fine by me. I think this I think this upcoming adventure is really going to be the test of the uh, stealth bushes, and it's going to be amazing. Because yeah, they tested the, the just having the bushes in general in the first Hercules one, and if I remember correctly, they tested the fog in that too. I could be wrong, but still, I mean, cool. I wouldn't mind the stealth bushes. I'm, I play solo, so I'm not scared to run through the jungle next to a bush, so... Maybe, maybe, maybe I will be after if they do ever implement that. Who knows? It'll be fun. That's scary. That's scary. <laughs> As a jungler, I don't want, I don't want to, oh, it'd be fun, but it's scary. Speaking of fun, you said Naja was pretty fun. Yes. And we were going to do our Battleground University this week on Naja. Okay. Otherwise known as Ping Ping. Ping Ping. You guys don't call her, call him Ping Ping, do you, Alpha? Uh, no. Damn it. Well, it sounds like Con- Defend Middle Lane started this one. I thought they did. I thought that, yeah. What? Defend Middle Lanes are PC players, you pleb. <laughs> no, but I thought, <laughs> I thought they specifically started it, not like it's a PC thing. Like, I thought they did that. I have no idea. I only imagined. It always seems like you think you start something and someone else was already saying it. Well, either way, let's... uh. Let's get into kind of looking at the different abilities of the third Lotus Prince. Honestly, thought he was a princess for the longest time, but... Most people did, don't worry. Yeah. You've never seen the Naja movie? <laughs> no. What? Well, okay, a... hold up, stop. Explain a Naja movie. It's a movie about how he fights a dragon. It's like a little like Japanese cartoon from like 50 years ago. Alright, so tonight I want you to... Find that for me and send it to me. I will watch this shit. Alright, I'll link it in the Discord. I watched Hell it on YouTube. Yeah. Hell yeah. Alright, well, Neja's passive. Righteous Spirit. It's a self-buff that stacks up to 20 times. Uh, critical strike chance per stack is 0.5%. Um, and each hit provides one stack. Each critical hit provides two stacks. So it looks like they fall off after 10 seconds if you do not take or deal damage. Hmm. Five seconds. So free crit, free 10% crit if you're fighting. Uh, I, I I hate free crit passives in the game. <laughs> free stats. Free stats in general. Are, yeah. Free, free stats I'm fine with because that's the whole point of a passive is to highlight strengths and weaknesses for god but free crit if you crit on the final hit of naja chain at level one you are half hitting them and you just win a fight which you probably shouldn't win because of it so a game can be won or lost because of rng and that's something i don't find should be at a competitive level all right so nerf naja you heard it here first <laughs> I, I, I just want crit passives to go away like, I'm yeah. talking about uh, Artemis, Humbats, Naja, just change their passives so it's not crit-based. So how would you rework it, then? What what uh, would be an acceptable stat? Uh, power, or...? You give power, you can give a bit of attack speed if you wanted to, because Naja hit chain in the other game is very clunky. Like, it takes a long time to get off. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really wanted to, you could just remove the crit chance altogether, put that onto the Flaming Spear. 
I would be happy with that as well. Because then, then you have like this timed window. You can actually see, okay, Nasha's activated a Flaming Spear. I'm not going to go near that because I might get crit. Oh, Flaming Spear's off. I can go fight Nasha now. Right. Well, his first ability, Universe Ring Toss, uh, throws a Universe Ring, bouncing several times, dealing damage, applying a Physical Protection debuff, and slowing. Each hit also stacks a Movement Speed buff on Naja for two seconds. Subsequent hits on the same target deal 25% less damage. So it's a ranged ability, uh, damage scaling from 75 to 175 at max, plus 20% physical power. Starts at 4 bounces, uh, max rank is 8. Protection's debuff is 15 per hit, which if you're bouncing it between 2 people at max rank, that's 60 protections that you can strip off of your targets. The slow is 25%, movement speed you gain is 5%. What does that sound like when you click it? Ping ping. Mm, I need a little more enthusiasm, maybe? Maybe famous. Famous, how's it sound? Ping 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 ping. Nice. Alright, that's good. Alright, continue. Is that better? I like that. I like that a lot. That was after they buffed uh, Ring Toss early season 4. I was going to say, this does a whole lot more than i thought it did and it seems <laughs> a little broken to be honest it is <laughs> when you actually learn in your own little <laughs> yeah back oh i God. think it was early season four when they buffed ring toss they i think it was they upped the protections you shred and the amount of bounces you could get uh, ever since oh go ahead alpha i believe it was, i believe I believe it was just they added one more ring bounce. That's it. Was it just the added bounces? Just just one more bounce at each ring. Yeah, okay. See, and ever since, whenever I get hit by the fucking ring toss, I'm like, yeah, okay, high res, that needed buffed, right? But yeah, that's a lot going on, and that could definitely swing if you're just hitting two targets. Oh, and if you're if you're playing as the Nasha and you're trying to chase somebody down who's running past an objective like Gold Fury or Fire Giant or even just a minion wave, like that's got one or two creeps left, and you want to guarantee that rain toss, just hit the objective and hit the objective first, like because the rain toss will then bounce to that the target that you want it to. I've definitely done that before. It, it's or a, off it, a minion wave. It, it's a cool little um play to do, just to increase your mechanics a bit slightly. It's hype as shit. Yeah. I've done it before off like three minions. It was like the three archers, and I was trying to hit somebody in joust, and it bounced off the three archers, hit the person, killed them. And I was like, holy shit, how did I just do that? And I did it again a couple weeks later in a different game, obviously, and I was like, oh, that's badass. <laughs> it's it's one of those places where when you realize you were able to do that, I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, his next ability, Flaming Spear, he empowers himself, so this is his uh, self-steroid, increases attack speed and crit chance for a short duration. Upon activation, he is healed, depending on how many stacks he currently has from his passive ability. So, attack speed buff goes from 15 to 55 at max rank, a flat 15% crit chance. Um, So, if you've got a full passive... And you activate this. That's a free 25% crit. Duration from 4 to 6 seconds. And heal 
per passive stack is 0.75%. And you get a 15% heal with full stacks. It's it's a good ability. That heal is what really does it. I don't know about Isis. I don't know if he plays Naja a lot, but I do. When you're jungling, just trying to farm real hard, that too really comes in handy at full stacks. Before you know it, you're two levels ahead. And if you want to be a real speed demon, have speed buff, boots, ring toss, and a shield of regrowth. I was going to ask if shield Ooh. of regrowth procced. Yeah, it does. Because it, it's on any um, ability which gives you a health boost. Okay. Yeah, you, you just you just speed for like five seconds completely. Like There's no stopping you. You can rotate from mid lane to another lane before they even know you've gone. <laughs> I wonder if that shield of regrowth would keep up with Arachne. But that's not that's not pro level. That's that's down at my pleb level. <laughs> yeah. Ar- Arachne in the pro level. Who are you, Captain Twig? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Who are you, Weaken? I'm on a I'm on a console. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. The Captain Twig remark is fine, but the Weaken remark <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying Weaken has a very good Arachne. I'm not BMing him. Okay, well, yeah, you're right. He does have a really good Arachne. So, yeah, okay. Maybe I am a little weakened. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, his uh, next ability, Armillary Sash. Did I say that right? Armillary. Armillary Sash. Uh, he throws out his Sash, hitting the first enemy god in his path. The target is stunned as Neja yanks himself towards the target, dealing a powerful blow to all enemies in the area. As he arrives, this ability can critically hit. And it does. It, it really swings. Yeah, the damage scales from 70 to 190, and it does 100% of your physical power. Yeah, I was playing a uh, siege game with Najja, and admittedly I was 5 levels ahead of the person, level 20 to level 15, but I sashed somebody, it crit, and I killed them. Yeah, that's... So you throw out the ring toss, you've got protection stripped off of them. Flaming spear into the sash. So you're coming in with an additional 25% because your passive just got all the way up from your ring toss, essentially. Um, And they get melted. And if they're not dead, then you hit them with windfire wheels. Najah's ultimate. Dashes forward if he hits an enemy god. He knocks them skyward for four seconds, unleashing a three-hit combo. Successfully timed attacks during the combo result in critical strikes, then smashing them back to earth in his starting location. This ability hits one initial time upon knockup, the three-hit combo, and then again dealing additional damage to enemies in the radius as he lands for a total of five times. If you're building full damage Najah, this ability in the late game will kill a carry. Just It will straight up kill an enemy uh, hunter or, ma- or mage. Absolutely. Every time. I love the combo. Yeah, so the, the damage on this ability is pretty monster. So the damage on the initial hit and the landing is 80, scaling up to 280 with 65% of your physical power. And the damage on the combo hits is 40 with up to 120 with 30% physical power. So if you're hitting everything just in raw damage, that's 
560 on the beginning and end, and then uh, another 360 just on the combo. Just shy of a thousand if you don't have any items. Any power, yeah. Which you're gonna have power built, so that. And over yeah, you're also gonna crit people on those exactly. contextual crits. Yep. Does everybody remember when high res changed Malice's passive lately? Oh yes. They should have also changed the name from Malice to I'm thinking Naja. Just done. Yeah. <laughs> it is so strong. I and just so everybody is aware, that will buff your um your damage in your ult when you crit them. I I was hitting I was hitting people for like five hundred with the crits in the ult. That's it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Especially if you crit them with the sash first. Woo! Woo! <laughs> oh, and for those of you out there as well, if you're going to be sashing somebody, don't ult in instantly afterwards. Because they're probably going to bead, and if you land and immediately basic attack, you get extra damage on top of that, which means you're then able to potentially kill people in the combo. Which would also make uh, Hydra's a good pickup for Naja, right? Eh, yes and no. I feel... Mm. I don't know. I feel, I feel like you're going to get used out of other items more so. Alright, alright. If you haven't been able to tell by now, we lost Fro a few minutes ago due to his service provider being located in... I don't know. I'm going to guess Antarctica at this point. This is the moment he came back as a robot and we all noticed... It was so bad we stopped mid-podcast and started memeing him almost immediately and had a few good laughs. Seeing as it was a funny, genuine moment with our guest, I cleaned it up and I left it in. It sounds a bit weird without Fro's audio, but I didn't have the heart to cut it. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the battleground. Whoa. Is anybody else have a hearing him as a robot? Yeah, you went robot there, Fro. Yeah, pretty much. It's all good. I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> He's been in and out of the call here for a second, yeah. You should move to America. Yeah, move to America and pay $100 a month for internet. That's decent. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. I pay 50 a month for my internet. What do you pay over over the pond? Okay, on average, you're paying around, what, 20 pounds? 30 pounds? Oh, jeez. Okay, well, alright, you win. No wonder EU's always winning. <laughs> oh, do you think, do you think that's you think that's bad? I mean, wait that's you, not wait terrible. Till, wait till you hear about um, Romanian internet. Like, Wolf, <laughs> Wolfie was in Romania um, before he uh, moved out to the UK. His internet over there was absolutely disgusting. For like, $5 a month, he got a, he got like 1 gig up and 500 meg well, sorry, f- one gig down, 500 meg up. Oh, yeah, oh, ouch. Hey, Fro, That's... I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to start calling you Wolfie from now on. <laughs> All right, so should we just jump back into kind of what builds uh, we should go with for Naja then? If we're talking about a clean a clean edit here, Alpha was just talking about how he likes to build Naja. I was literally about to ask, so give me your Naja build. In, ter- in terms of what items I like to build on Nasha, I I usually go uh, Boots, Crusher, Jotuns, Malice, Deathbringer, and a Situational item. 
if I feel like I don't need any situational items, I'm going to build Transcendence first and then stall the rest of that build. Is your transitional item defense all the time, or is it ever a Bloodforge? Uh, it, 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 it really depends. It's a situational item, not a transitional. Uh, <laughs> but it, it really depends on what the enemy team combat is. They have a lot of slows, so I'm going to build Wingblade, and I'm going to build it a bit earlier. Um, if they have a fair bit of CC on initiation, like Athena Taunt, I'm going to get Magi's. Um, if I feel like I need to chase down targets a bit more, because they have something like a Shippelonka and Artemis, I'm going to go Shield of Regrowth to chase them down and then kill them. It it really just does depend on what the enemy team has, depending on that final item for me. Makes sense. I was just trying to legitimize the fact that I took Bloodforge last item on Najah the other day. <laughs> Instead of defense like an idiot. <laughs> more, more power to kill people in your ultimate, whilst also having some form of protection whilst landing. Boom, there you go. Yeah, you win. <laughs> you can always justify it if you find a way. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know what I mean? This is my opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be top damage. That's where Bloodforge comes in handy. Am I right, Jackal? Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Alright, fellas. Well, we've had we've had our fun asking the, the questions we have, but we've got uh, we've reached out to the communities on our Discord and Reddit to see if they have any questions for Mr. Jackal here. So why don't we pull out some of those? They're all way better than our questions. There are some really good ones in here. I hope you don't mind, Alpha, because we did plan for like a good chunk of this to be questions for you, because we figured there'd be a lot of them. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Alright, so first we got hemostatics. And I personally like this question a lot. What do you think creates the different metas between NA and EU and why do you think those ideas are so different? That's actually a really interesting question. I've not really had a thought about that. Um, oh, differences in metas. They're usually created because a couple of the high-end players in the region will have prevalence on certain gods and certain play styles. Um, so if you have a look at, for example, our team, we're good at playing around team fights as a whole, and that's what we aim to do, and that's what other teams in uh, Europe will aim to do as well, because that's sort of how we've learned to play the game. We've recognized it as a true team game, and we take that to heart. Whilst in the North American meta, you usually see it become more so, can we get some kills early and then transition that into an objective's to then win the game because we're su we're super far ahead, which is just which it just comes down to the mentality that players have and the play styles which they have. Do they suit every meta? No. Do they suit every picks? No. But sometimes the EU and NA uh, thought process will sort of merge together when it comes to picks, when it comes to bans, when it comes to strategies, because that's just obviously what is the best thing right now. Like you have a look. Most regions are starting to see that Athena is ridiculously good because she has everything that you want from an initiation factor. What, um, whether you're trying to look for the team fights or whether you're trying to look for just picks in general. Willow, we're we're good friends, you, me, and Fro. So I'm just gonna let you know you had a lot of good questions, but there was one so we can fit everybody in that I really wanted to ask of yours. I hope you don't mind. 
So our buddy Willow, he says, why Smite? What keeps you involved in the game and the community? It's it's a game that I just really enjoy and really took to heart. Um, when I first started playing it, I got introduced uh, to it through some friends. And I've always just kept surrounding myself with uh, friends and people to play with. And that's what's kept me in the game and kept me interested and invested in the scene. And now, obviously, I've made it uh, to the point where I am a community figurehead. And that just drives me even more because I enjoy being that focal point. I enjoy being person that people look to. I mean, there's no reason why we picked you to be the first guest at all. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could slide a question in off the, the tail end of that one, what is that like being like a community figurehead for Smite? It's kind of hard to describe, but it's something which I enjoy, something which I, uh, it's something that I would take into heart. Obviously, you'll get a fair few questions um, every now and then, uh, specifically around what coaching entails, and I try to answer them, but a lot of times I can't. And I think I think I am planning to do like a whole video on what it is that coaches should and shouldn't be doing. We actually had one person in Discord and another person in Reddit that asked that exact question. If I was looking to be a coach, what do I you know, need to do, need to focus on, so. The long, like, the short answer to that long, long, long uh, question is going to be not every coach is going to be the same. I could see that. It depends on your team. I mean, More so your team, yes. Yeah, like, that that becomes part of your coaching style, right? Yeah, pretty much, because when I I joined uh, Rival, I was um, looking at the team issues as a whole and helping out with pretty much everything. And now they've gone to the point where they're sort of like doing a lot of um, the stuff that I would normally have done at the very beginning of when I joined them by themselves, giving me more time to focus on the other areas. And you just need to have that adaptability. I mean, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You play to your play style, so you want to coach to your play style. And now we have a pretty trolly question from our boy Volpix. Why is Wolfie so short? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you, Volpix. Love you. <laughs> Great question. Um, I believe while <laughs> I believe whilst you're growing up and maturing, um, you have cartilage in your bones, and <laughs> depending on the amount of cartilage you have, depending on how far how tall you can grow, I, I believe that's the answer. Drink some milk. <laughs> <laughs> Is that milk in a bag? <laughs> Oh my god. No, 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 no. <laughs> Did you hear that, Volpix? You troll. He hit you with science. <laughs> Alrighty. Next one. Um, How much uh, time do you spend each week doing uh, scrims and practicing with the uh, team? Ooh. That's, That's Guy Almighty. <laughs> um, but it's usually around... 20 to 25 hours of scrims each week. Um, that's also going to be including a tiny bit of the SPL games. Uh, if we add the SPL games on, it's more closer to like 30, I would say. Um, and that's just spent scrimming. Obviously, there's going to be background stuff, which I do like uh, research and uh, just all-around theory crafting, which the other players will also uh, take part in, whether they're doing it with me or by themselves. So, Short answer is around 20 to 25 hours. Long answer is can be anywhere up to 40 hours. Okay. Are you in comms with them during scrims? Yeah, yeah, but I 
Okay, so I am in comms with them during streams, but I don't talk. The only time I talk is during picks and bans. I listen to the comms and I, I sometimes if they ask a question about uh, an interaction or um, stats or an ability like what the cooldown is or how much damage it's doing in a certain rank, I'll obviously jump in and say this is the answer or this is the interaction that happens. But if they have a problem during the game with comms or if they have a problem during the game with, uh, with like in the team, I don't jump into the game and fix it during that time or wait until the end of the game to do so, because that's how it would be during an SPL set. So in the SPL, you're also in their comms? Yes. Just not during the game? Yeah, I, again, will listen to the comms during SPL, but I won't jump in at all during the SPL. I got you. So even... That's, that's, that's good. So even in the middle of a game, you won't come in with something? No, because during a LAN setting, I won't be able to. Oh, okay. Is that why they wear the headphones underneath the headset? Um, no, that was back when we had the old studio and back during Worlds, because there was no um, soundproofing between the two teams. So if you didn't have those earbuds in, you we could be talking like this, and the enemy team would be able to hear us still. So you'd you know you'd have to go very quiet and say, "Guys, let's go to Fire Giant." Okay, let's go quickly to it now. Otherwise, it'd hear you. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Ooh. Interesting. And now that we have now that we have these dividing walls, we no longer have need for those earbuds because we can shout as loud as we want. Right. And because there's two soundproof walls between the two teams, there's no chance that they can hear us. Okay. So it's a good thing you guys do that at a LAN event, especially like a Worlds, a Grand Finals for Masters. I bet it can get pretty hype. People be standing up and going nuts. That would be so distracting. Freaking... Ice Ice goes in and gets a triple. Emilzy at Worlds when he th- got that kill and threw his arms up and went, Ooh. Oh, really? Could you hear him all the way from the from where you were? I mean, I I obviously couldn't hear him, but he literally threw his arms straight up and made a woo with his face. I was like, <laughs> I love him, whoever that is. Okay, so me and Guy were talking in Willow's uh, stream a few days mm-hmm. ago, and he kind of explained this a little more to me. What is your funniest go-to team story and he meant it in like let's say you guys are in the middle of a set you just kind of need to comic relief you know what i mean do you do you have any team stories like that oh every single time um there's a character that's overpowered or there's interaction which is dumb no matter what it is no matter how ridiculous it is it will always callus will always come and say but what if aries had this Every single time. It's like, oh, um, you know, Ymir has a stun and a slow and just insane damage. What if Ares had a stun on his chains? He'd be broken. (laughs) Yeah, and it just goes off on, like, these massive rants about how those characters are overpowered whilst they're not really touching Ares, and it's absolutely hilarious. What if they gave Kepri a gun? Okay. (laughs) Alright, calm down. (laughs) That's a Barracuda quote. (laughs) I think... I'm pretty sure that's from Barracuda. I mean, nobody listens to the Domination podcast, I don't think, other than, like, me. In our Discord. In our Discord. You know, I actually I started to. listening to that recently. No, I, I, I've asked a couple people before if they've heard it, and I haven't heard of anyone else in our Discord that has listened to it. But I'm pretty sure Barracuda said that in... It was either him or Hindu. What if they gave Kepri a gun? <laughs> and an Artemis, too. Alright, so Hemostatics. 
I liked his first question. What do you think is the difference between a good god for ranked and a good god for pro play? Whether you need communication to make the gods uh, be able to be played at its highest potential. For example, Athena. You don't really need communication to play at her highest potential, but it does help, so it's not really a big transition between a ranked and a competitive god. Like, you taunt somebody, you're literally saying to them, even if you're not in comms with them, attack this person. Um, whilst, if you have a look at someone like... Um, if you have a look at somebody like Alquang, I'd say that's a lot more of a ranked god than it is a competitive god. Because in a ranked setting, the enemy team's not going to be on comms, they're not going to be telling people, okay, Alquang's behind us. And it's going to be there, going to be in this fight in around three seconds. So we're going to turn around in two and kill him. But on that flip side of the coin, you also don't have the communication with your team. You know, they're saying, okay, we're going to engage in two seconds. Uh, that'll be your window to then go in in about five to then clean up this fight and win it for us. Or you've got that target over on the right hand side, go execute him. We'll continue chasing these other people. So there's two sides to it, but. I believe Alcorn to be a much more powerful ranked god than he is a competitive god. He's banned a lot in my gold one ranked games. But for some reason, Athena isn't. So, it's a very good point. There you go, Hemo. It's all about comms. That's that's probably a big difference between your ranked game that you queue up with with a buddy and five-man pros. I mean, that, I think that's where a lot of gods, you their abilities just don't really work all that well unless you have comms. Mm-hmm. Like Jing Ten, if no one's there to back that up, you're not gonna do. Like you're gonna throw them, but unless you throw them like into the fountain or under the tower, you know it's not all that good. I mean, I remember Depp and I played. Or it might have been Depp, where we played that game with the Jing Ten, where he would just alt when no one was there, and it was like, "What are you doing? Like <laughs> this is worthless." <laughs> all right. Well, I like Nev's uh, first question here. What do you do when you're not training with the team? Specifically, is there a certain non-Smite game you enjoy playing during your off time? If I'm not playing with the team, I'm usually hanging out with either my fiancé or a few friends. Playing different games every now and then. Right now, I'm on uh, a bit of an old-school RuneScape grind. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, but obviously, like the games might uh, change from time to time. Like I know Burnout Paradise is going to get a remaster coming out soon on on PC. The second that comes out, I'm switching over to that. I'm playing that a fair bit um, when I'm not doing Smite. Um, but other times, it will just be games of Smite with a few friends. There you go, Nev. So, uh, does everybody see Hemostatic's next question? Do we want to go there? Are you ready for like a spicy question, Alpha? But first, Nev's second question: favorite class. Uh, I enjoy playing assassins, but I enjoy playing them in the solo lane. Damn. Nasha solo is the truth. I don't care what anybody else says. Alpha. Mm-hmm. Can we hit you? Can we hit you with a spicy one? Okay. Are you? Are you? You're. You're not scared. All right. Let's do this. I'm. I'm ready for the spice. I enjoy hot and spicy. <laughs> All right. Who do you think is the best player in NA? Andy, you. In between the two, which one is better? Best player in NA. Are we talking right now or in general? Right. Uh, now. He asked today at eleven thirty Eastern Standard. Right now. Time. Who's the best right yeah. now? <laughs> okay, so best performing player right now. Hmm. 
I'm actually gonna do. I'm actually gonna say something that not a lot of people are gonna be saying, and I'm gonna say Aquarius. I think he's been absolutely destroying everything. My boys, my boys. Uh, that's from NA. In terms of Europe, Kalas has been just unstoppable. I feel. So, and between the two, I've also got to say, I've obviously got to say, my boy Kalas is gonna win. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> right? Like, like, like that, that. That's a bit of a odd question to ask when I've got the bias, right? This is true, and that's why I. That's why it was spicy. <laughs> I, if if we're excluding rival players from the whole equation, I'm 100% going to say Cuvo, Fred. I can see that. Okay, so would Cuvo beat Aquarius? Yes. Okay, I agree. <laughs> I do agree with Aquarius, though. He has been doing great. Same. He's He's been really kicking it lately. It was like three weeks ago, it would have been Baskin. But Aquarius right. is popping off right now. Okay, so we got to ask Willow's question because... It's also one of my top three questions. What do you think about crazy picks that turn out working in pro games? What is the random crazy pick that you want your team to play, but they won't? Hmm. In terms of random crazy picks working in pro play, I think that's fantastic because it shows that you don't have to play meta. You don't have to play what everyone perceives to be the best to win games because there is human error in games there is you know that thought process that you don't get from machines in games which means you have other strategies which will work in terms of a pick that i want to play that my team won't there's a really anything well that's good to hear <laughs> like if if i say something's decent i'm gonna get called an idiot but they are going to take it to heart and they're gonna like potentially play in a ranked and see whether it works out or not and then most pretty much most of the time it will do and then we'll bring it into scrims the only time where i said something's decent got called an idiot they then tried it in ranked we brought it into scrims but didn't really work out the way we wanted to was back in towards the tail end of season four where i said kuzumbo is a really strong pick which I still maintain that towards the end of Season 4 he was. He just didn't have the success rate in scrims that we wanted him to, so we decided not to move forward with him. Was that Kuzumbo support or solo? Solo. Solo? Okay, so Deathwalker was doing it. Why Why didn't you guys, and specifically Deathwalker, like him that much? It, his play style's really just bad. <laughs> Dude, no, yeah, you're not like, wrong. Like, you, 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 you just don't feel like you're doing anything when you're playing Kuzumbo, unless you're like really far ahead. Yeah, especially if they're not walking up to your tower. Okay, so just following off the tail of Willow, he said the random pick that your team, you want them to play, but they won't. So because you love Naja and Naja Solo, has Deathwalker taken that into scrims? Oh, uh, yeah, we've even played it in the SPL. You have, yep. Does he like it? Like, he does enjoys he it. genuinely enjoy it? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he enjoys it. even wanted to pick it up during the Masters line as well. But unfortunately, we couldn't, like, get a game where it felt like a great pick where it worked yeah that's awesome to know all right i love nev's question is there a pre-game ritual you do with the team uh example hype song you listen to maybe uh a team meal some kind of something like that you know before you head into lands or even worlds if we go to a LAN, we will always have mcdonald's um a couple nights uh, we'll also have a look for a steakhouse and have some steaks if we're, because uh, when we go to every single land that's not attended by fans, uh, the ones at Hyrule Studios, there's a place uh, nearby called Firebirds, 
we go there pretty much every single night when we're at land. So yeah, that's what we do during like at, during lands. But before SPL games, any rituals that we do, we well, Callus and Death, the Callus and Vote, sorry, have this sort of thing where uh, Vote. Starts chanting, let's go rifle, and Kalash says, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I ju- they just repeat that for, like, a few times. But it, it's, it's even shown on one of our um, uh, SPL convicts on the Team Rival page. Yeah, you guys gotta check out Team Rival's YouTube page, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, the documentary is coming out soon, right? Oh, the documentary is out. It's, it's out, out already. It's, it's yeah. awesome, too. Oh, I didn't see it. I want to watch it. There's even a uh, good scene of me coaching in there. Just one? Yeah, because the focus is mainly on the players. Right, that makes sense, I guess. Okay, Alphal, so our buddy Arab uh, Cowboy that me and Fro both play with a lot. We've been friends for a good while, but we were playing together the other day, and he had a question for you. Even with Raw not being necessarily a top band pick, how does it feel when other teams ban him against you guys, more specifically Wolfie? It feels good because we can sort of we know that they're gonna ban raw, so we only have to worry about trying to figure out what their other band's going to be, and we can have a more we can have a general better idea of what our picks and band strategy is going to be. So, do you feel like that's a pretty big advantage then for you guys? It's a strong advantage, and I I I, I like it. <laughs> it just it just shows how strong we are with that god, how well we play as a team around that god to have it consistently banned out. Because that's the best way to deal with it, is just to get rid of it. So Wolfie can just play every other mid and get good with him. <laughs> yeah, because he ain't getting raw until he gets nerfed. Right. Yeah, right. You heard it here, Hi-Rez. Raw needs nerf. I kind of agree. <laughs> Alright, so Cryo says, and this is, you got pretty specific here, Cryo. What do you think of Blackthorn Hammer? Do you feel it's better for solo laners who need the mana? Or junglers who need the health, what gods would you build it on? I really don't like Blackthorn Hammer. I, I think I think it's got good stats. I just don't necessarily agree with the passive. Should sure, like getting a lot of mana back is nice, but it's situational CDR, which I really don't like and really don't agree with. In terms of who I would build it on, I wouldn't really build it on anybody. If you're looking to get survivability in CDR. Spirits Room, or Mantle of Discord. You can get that on any class rather than just limiting it to physicals. Sorry, Cryo, but I agree completely. <laughs> <laughs> the only god I would actually probably build it on is Hercules. Because he has seen, he's got like mana issues from time to time. But even, even then, you're still going to be built like an MP5 item. It, during our set against Mouse Sports uh, in Game 2, Cherio built it on Narsia, and I was racking my brain trying to think of a reason why he would do so, trying to think of the benefits of it, and for like one of the few times I've been coaching, I couldn't think of a reason he would build it. Apart from he needed CDR and he needed health at that one point. Do you think that's a strat? Like, let's let's just build one really fucking weird item on a weird character and see if it fucks them up. No, no, I want to know like the, that wouldn't the be a strategy. SPL. <laughs> yeah, I want to know like the SPL like secrets. Well, not a shitty build, like not a shitty build, but like a Blackthorn Hammer. Like, I wonder if there there's ever been an instance where someone built something that wasn't completely optimal. No, I don't know. Um, Same with like throw bands or like random bands, I guess. 
the only thing that you would do to throw people off their game is have off-meta picks. Okay. For example, if you picked Anubis Jungle, hey. they, they're not going to have played against Anubis Jungle. You can pretty much guarantee that. Right. And you can then use the fact that they haven't got practice against it to your advantage. I played Anubis Jungle the other night and went off on some people. <laughs> did you start Tier 2 Bancrofts? I did! Yes! Nice. Yes, thank you, sir. I'm ready for this PS4 Pro League, boys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> guess, guess. All right. all right, all right, Alpha. Anubis, Anubis Jungle, Tier 2 Bancrofts to start. Guess what relic I got first? Blink. You goddamn right. Woo! <laughs> God, is there any right. other way to play Anubis? Hell but no. Answer, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> telling you, boys, I'm ready for this pro league. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I like Silent Ace's question. Okay. When you, when you approach building a team comp for the game, how do you start? Do you think of one pick that you want and then complement around that god? We usually have an idea of what we want as a whole, uh, for each position going into the game. But if we see that they've picked Athena, we're going to say, right, let's pick something that can cleanse it like a Geb. Because we then, because whilst we could pick our optimal pick of taking, for example, uh, back in season four, we could say, oh, they have Athena, we'll just take Fafnir still, because that's like our best god. Instead, we have a look, okay, so they've got the Athena. We would like to counter that, stop her being as impactful as she could be, so let's take a Geb to stop that impact. So, you go into the game saying we want these picks, more or less you're going to get two or three of them, and then the other two or three are going to be reactive picks, going to be retrospective onto their composition and what you got as well. Right, okay. So like when I have a Hunbat and a Neath, I pick a Wheelix. That's a reactive pick. Yeah. No one picks a Wheelix. Okay, so can we, uh, we'll switch over to Reddit here. We, I posted a Reddit post today at like literally four hours before we started and it blew up with people asking questions. And yeah, so. the first one's a little trolly, but I want to hit you with it. Has Vote ever gotten three Pentas in one game as Cupid? If not, are you replacing him on the team? <laughs> I saw that and I, I actually chuffed that people actually went back through uh, my channel and saw that I played on PS4 for a tiny bit. Um, no, he has not gone three uh, pentas in one game as a cupid. I didn't. I got four pentas. If you watch uh, the video actually correctly, <laughs> yeah. See, he posted that YouTube video, and I had to correct him. <laughs> yeah, but no, he has not. We don't really play cupid that much, and he. I'm not replacing him. Don't, no, no. <laughs> you, you got your answer, buddy. Okay, so we had another one. And uh, we, we recently had an episode that was titled Everyone's a Diamond Neath, so I have to ask it. What is your opinion on Neath, seeing as you have her so low on your tier list? Um, unsafe. Doesn't really bring too much to a team fight. Really just used to gain pressure through the global ability of her ultimate. I, I, just, don't, I just don't like her. Uh, she's one of the weakest team fight hunters out there, and doesn't instantly gain pressure in lane be with the lack of that. So would it be fair to compare her to Loki? Kind of, but Neath still has uses in a team fight. So if you get an early kill, you can detonate that weave to then root multiple people. Like you still bring CC, you still bring DPS to objectives, you still bring uh, you know a threat. 
Whilst with Loki, oh, you killed our, our Squishy, and now we're just going to kill you for it. Because you've used all of your escape ability just to kill this one person. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, I played Neath mid in Gold 1 the other day, and it did pretty well against the Hell, but SPL, I wouldn't do that. No, and that's the thing which I try to make a point of every single time I put up a tier list video, is the fact that it is for the competitive level. In ranked or in a casual setting, Neath is better than what she is in a, in a competitive setting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Alright, so this one I found pretty tickling. Do you think gods having clear with mobility without a downside is a problem? I don't think it's a problem because there's more factors than just clear and mobility. You still have, do they do well in team fights? Do they do well on objectives? Do they do well on sieging? Do they do well on defending? There's all these different factors to have. Just having clear and mobility is strong, yes, but it's not an issue, in my opinion. I would agree. I'm trying to think of a high clear, high mobility god that a non-mobility god would have an advantage on. Uh, Chernobog. Ooh. Or Apollo. Ooh. Good I'm looking at this. They, 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 they've, they've got good, they've got decent clear, they've got good mobility, but their team fights are lackluster. Their objective secures aren't that great. Chernobog a bit more, Chernobog's a bit better in terms of objective burst, considering he does have burst ability rather than the Apollo. But you would, you wouldn't go for them if you're looking for a team fight composition, despite the fact that they've got clear mobility. You would go for something like a Huyi, you go for something like a Cupid, go for like a Chiron, something like a Shippelonke or an Artemis. There's so many better picks from the other position than an Apollo or a Chernobog if you're looking for s certain situations. Which is why you don't see them picked up a lot, despite the fact that they've got clear on mobility. Right. Okay, so a quick side question from Famous. That's me. Are we going to see Vogue or Wolfie on Chernobog? No. I don't think we are. Unless... <laughs> Like he's he's got a nice gimmick in terms of his ultimate and a cool dash, but other hunters are just better than him, straight up. Sometimes it feels like the one goes out farther than the two. I don't know if I'm just like my eyes are weird or if like I don't know. I think your but eyes sometimes are weird. Sometimes it feels I don't know. Like <laughs> sometimes it just feels a little bit farther away. I don't know if it's just how he looks or what. Well, you don't have to hit them. You just have no, to hit the two's crystal. the two's a steroid that pops your crystal. Essentially, yeah. The best but thing you don't to do is hit them. Best thing to do is hit them with your two rather than looking for the crystal. Because sure, you get a small root off, but you gain a stack of your passive by hitting them with the two, and you can potentially put any of your on hit effects onto them. Like if you have kin size, you guarantee your kin size proc. If you have crit, you have a chance to crit them with it because it's considered a basic attack. Okay, so we had one more question on Reddit that I. I thought it was pretty good. Alpha Jackal. Rank, ranked Conquest, New Wa, Jungle, No Boots, is indeed the ultimate test for a potential SPL jungler. Yes? That one's a little trolly, but I wanted to ask it. Zeus Jungle, All the Blades, is a much more better test. <laughs> you have your answer. <laughs> Wouldn't Zeus get the rings? He'll, he'll get all the blades and then a couple rings. Okay. I'm officially going to have to try that and see if I'm really ready for the Pro League. <laughs> Question, response, it's actually terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. It's going to be a challenge. 
<laughs> you have well, what was it? A, f- a <laughs> few months ago, I was playing around with Zeus as an auto attack god in a couple arenas, and it wasn't a horrible experience, but it's definitely not optimal. All right, boys, did anybody have their own questions they wanted to ask? Because I sure do. Oh, man. All right. All right. Famous, you go. I'll, um, I'll get mine together. I'll bring up the rear. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, Alpha. So I have a question. And if you can't answer this, I understand because I don't know if it gets too close to revealing strats or anything like that. But that notebook, that, that little notebook that you and all the other coaches are always writing in. Mm-hmm. What are you doing in there? We're writing down... Well, I know, but about what? Okay, so when we're in the picks and bands, we're writing down the picks and bands. And what they do and what I do with those picks and bands, it's entirely up to us. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say what I do with it, obviously, because that's sort of between us right. and the team. Um, exactly. And then during the game, I'm making sure to take notes about what we've done right, what we've done wrong, and a couple of bits of information I can glean from the other team during that game. So I'm, I'm just taking notes as I normally would do during an SPL or even a scrim game. Okay. Uh, that's that's one thing for years watching the SPL I've always wondered. Like, what are coaches doing in those notebooks? And from what it sounds like, everybody might be doing something different. I, I have no idea what... Uh, Cardiac is doing, no idea what um, Hayes is doing, no idea what Biggie's doing with their notebooks, but they, they found something that they do, which the team wants them to do, so that's obviously what they're going to do. Right, and it, hopefully it works. Okay, so do you guys ever scrim or do a LAN event with any other language than English? No. No? Okay. I know that's a random question, but it popped into my head the other day. Uh, From what I hear... From from what I hear, and um, I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, Mouse is dual lane. Uh, Dardis and Tremaine, they do the they do the start of the game and the laning phase in French. But I, I, I that that that's like a thing I've heard. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but that's like the closest thing I can think of to people doing it stuff in different languages. Okay, that, that would be so weird if it was just like the beginning and laning phase and like mid game. They were like, all right, let's go back to English. So like. I have a feeling at Worlds or like a LAN event, you just probably want to speak English. Yeah. You want to speak you want to speak you the language that the entire team. team's comfortable with. Yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, so I love Arachne and Loki. They're probably my two favorite gods in the game. Every time I play Arachne, I pup stomp. Mm-hmm. No matter what, just every single game. What is your opinion on why we don't see her at your level? She is extremely single target focused. She she does not team fight that well at all. She is about blending your team four v five, winning that four v five, and then picking off any stragglers, which is a really risky and really pretty much. I'm gonna add like straight up as it. It's a really dumb strategy to do on a competitive level because you're putting yourself at a disadvantage just to pick a god which does well in a setting which isn't really seen in competitive. So would you say that basically 
because when I'm in my ranked games and people aren't communicating, that's when I take my biggest advantage as her. Yes, because Arachne, Thry, Arachne and Loki and all those very single target got very single target focused assassins, they thrive off chaos. They thrive off going into the backline as early as possible to take out a hunter or take out a mage before they get turned and burned. That's pretty much what I thought. I just wanted to confirm. I mean, the best thing you can do for Arachne in a competitive setting is to have her build defensive and tankiness, because then she can be part of the team fight early on. She could be there as a 5 versus 5 look to just CC down that single target and slow them down with the webs. That would, that would, that would be the best setting for her in a competitive place. Let me ask you this. I'm sure I, you know, Ice Ice doesn't play her in the SPL, but is he an Arachne fan? Do you know? I believe he is, yes. Yeah? Oh, hell yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, well, I've got a question. Um, mm -hmm. And it was kind of partially answered earlier, but during the um, picks and bands phase, do you find it more important to focus on, like, team synergy versus counter picks? Or what's your stance on that? You have to find a happy balance between the two for you and your team. That's straight up like the short answer to it. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm going to hit you with a thinker. Every single role on your team, all of your players have to pick something troll, but you still have to try and win the game. And let's say you're going against Space Station, Rival Mouse, a high echelon team. Mm -hmm. What are your picks? Oh, they have to pick something that they don't normally pick but have to win with. Okay. Right. And all five have to be like straight trolley kind of meme picks. Okay, so if we're using... Let's say we're using my tier list. Let's say there have to be A plus at most. Well, A plus at... Yeah, A plus at most. Should we say that? I concur. Okay. Okay. So Ice is going to play the Man of Jungle. I'm, I'm not really going to stop him. Um, alright, alright. <laughs> that's not troll. Okay, if you want something a bit more troll. <laughs> that's pretty No, troll. no, no. You're, that. You're, you're good. So well. you're good. Keep going. <laughs> that worked so well when he did it at Worlds. Um, so yeah, that, that's probably going to be his jungle. That's probably going to be like the most sane one that we that we do. Um, Death will probably either play Bakasura or Nike. Alright, I want to see that Deathwalker Bakasura. <laughs> A lot of teams have been a lot of teams have been like thinking about doing it. I think it's more of a ranked thing. No one's ever done it in scrims though. In mid lane, probably gonna go Zeus. <laughs> Alright, alright. <laughs> you can see there's a problem so far with the lack of CC. Yeah, big yeah. time. <laughs> does Wolfie does Wolfie play Zeus? Uh from time to time. Um yeah. Hunter Vote would like to play Kernos, but his early game is shit, so we're gonna say Kernos. And I don't know, that's that's not very trolly. Does Vote not have any memes up his sleeve? I mean, there's no real meme hunter, let's be real. That's true. Uh, true. <laughs> yeah. So he, um, he never breaks out the Loki ADC? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, the only the thing we've come closest to would be Thoth ADC. And for support, hmm, this is probably the hardest one to think of. Probably would be Xing Chen or Ymir. We're gonna go as much troll as possible. Callus, buddy, I want to see that Ymir. <laughs> I'm a diamond Ymir. That's a pretty trolley team. I like it. It it it's an all in composition, like straight up. Yeah. Yep. 
So like we find any bit of CC onto somebody, bang, everyone dumps their ultimates. Let's go, boys. It's a straight r- run at him comp. That's what the Ymir's <laughs> for. <laughs> they get that freeze off and then death. To wall them off so they have to run back through the Zeus ult. Right. All right, Nikki, you had a question? Yeah, uh, so um, Wolfie is the captain, correct? Callus. Callus, shit. I don't know any captains except for Barra. Um Okay, so like, what is the team dynamic, I guess, with you also? Like, how, like, you know, like normal sports teams, I don't want to call them normal sports teams because that sounds stupid, but like, the coach is in charge of everything that realistically goes on, like, play by play, you know what I mean? So is it... Do you, are you, oh man, I don't even know how to word the question. Like, just, I don't know. What's the dynamic between you and the captain or you and the team as a whole? Um, I give suggestions rather than giving direct orders. Um, okay. So I will suggest that this is something that they could implement into the play or something that they should do around objectives. They'll play around with it. They'll see if they like it or not. And then they'll add it to their game or not. Or they'll suggest something to the team and I'm there to give my opinion on it. Because it, it's it's always good to have a second opinion. It's always good to have a third, fourth, fifth opinion on something to bring to a team game. And that's what you need to do. Just make sure that you're utilizing as many members of your team as possible when coming up with new and different strategies. Okay. Right, so you're more of a mentor than a boss. Yes. Right. I've always been curious. I, I just, I don't know. I thought the dynamic of the captain, coach, and the players was maybe kind of weird. I see how you're saying, as a coach, you're a mentor, you're not trying to order people around, mm-hmm. but basically, at some point, you need to break that down and have somebody making decisions, right? So, we've heard about shot callers, oh, he's the shot caller, they're the shot caller. Do you guys run on that kind of system at all? I'm not so sure if that's common around the SPL, because I only have uh, comments from my end and Dignitas's end. And the only reason I have to eat the end is because of the uh, series which they have, where they have uh, the funny moments. But um, as as you can probably see from the comments that we have in our uh, videos on the Team Rival page, it's most of the time everyone's talking, everyone's has the ability to be the shot caller, but you do have that sort of thing where everybody's relaying important information only, with calling out targets, um, usually the people with the CC are the first people to call the targets, and then everybody agrees onto that target, everybody sets out targets, we're all focused on that one person, and we continuously go through the fight from there. There is no true, this person is our shot caller in the team. Everybody has the opportunity to be the shot caller, everybody has the potential to step up and be that person, because... You can have days where a person's quiet, you can have days where a person's sick and not really playing uh, as well as they potentially could, or they're falling behind, and you need the other people to step up and be the frontliners, be that initiator, to be that shot caller. Let, let's say, for example, Kalas is our dedicated shot caller. If he's playing somebody like Achilles, he doesn't really have initiation, but if Ice is playing combats in that game, he does have the initiation. So it would be wise for us to put him as a shot caller for that game in terms of teamfight initiation because he's got the engage tool. But if we're set and the standards going, Kalas is the initiator every single time, don't change it whatsoever, then he as the Achilles has to tell Hombats when to go in, which is just nonsensical. Right. It would make it hard to experiment. Yes. We'll see. And I always kind of wondered, do you see, you know, 
the polar bear mics, the aurors, the Hindlas kind of coming out as, for lack of a better word, the leader, but it's not necessarily because they're the leader. It's they're the ones setting up everything. I mean, and that's sort of the dynamic and the team com- and the uh, overall feel that they have for their team, which works, which is, again, fine. If you find a way to make your team work, if you find a way to make your team tick, then go for it. Alrighty. Anyone have any other questions? Uh, my last one. Uh, Punk Duck or Mithy Moo? <laughs> uh, Punk Duck. You're fucking right. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's... I love him. I mean, I like... I don't don't cry. I love Myth. I just love Punk Duck. He's my fave. Alright, any others? I have one one more quick trolley kind of one. I admit, I've seen it a few times. I can't remember what video it's in or what team member said it, but somebody said something about, oh, well, I'll apply that fake pressure. And you guys just like started cracking up about it. Was that like a one-off or is that an inside joke? I think that was a one-off. Was it? Okay. <laughs> when I first heard that, it was I, it was so hilarious. <laughs> I believe that's in our most uh, recent in-game comms against Energy. Was it? It was so funny. <laughs> it, was like, it was either Energy or SK comms. <laughs> Literally later that night, I played with our buddy Willow, and I'm like, don't worry, I'm over here playing fake pressure. And he, he, he didn't even know what to say. He was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Thank you, Alpha Jackal, for coming on to our humble podcast and treating us to this experience. Where can we find you on uh, the internets? Uh, you can find me at three different places. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, on at Alpha Jackal. You can find me Twitch uh, on Alpha Jackal One, and I believe you can find me on uh, YouTube with the URL uh, Alpha Jackal or Alpha Jackal. I can't remember which one it is. Believe it's Alpha Jackal. Uh, slash C Alpha Jackal or something like that. Alright. Nikki Six, where can we find you? I'm on Xbox, Twitch, Mixer, and Twitter as Nikki Six, two Ys and two X's. And I'm in our Discord as what's uh fuck, what does it say? Hey guys, Frostfang's here, and then I'm in <laughs> most of the other Discords as What's Up Gamers. <laughs> Fro, where can we find you at? You can find me on Twitter at XXXXX, Total Pleb, XXXXX. I stream on Twitch. Wait, I can only do Hand of the Gods. Internet sucks, bro. Never mind. I'm in the Discord at This Is All My Fault. I'm on PSN at Gucci, your boy. Gucci. Sorry, Fro. Famous, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, it's gonna be Famous Freak BOTG. Here in the Discord, Famous Freak, you'll find me. Same name in Discord, you'll find me on PSN. We can, uh, we'll group up, we'll play some Conquest, maybe some Assault, we'll see who's in the party. And I am Depnation on Xbox, Depnation underscore BOTG on Twitter, and I'm on Mixer as DepCity. That's all from Dep, me. Dep City we will see you on the battleground. Go watch Clown Fiesta. YouTube. I'm truly stupid, pay. This is how I feel today. I'm moving slow, cause scolding cereals in my lemonade. I'm standing in the shade and I'm selling lemonade. Sister and a pipe are going right off in the A. Lemonade, diamond bracelet, put it in your face.
for yesterday. Burn. I'm flipping where I'm running on. That's just how I'm chilling. I'm smoking grapes and selling chickens, Corvette painted lemon. Scooching. Baby, I'm insane with the big.